The Voice by LGBTQ plus youth and music only on Sin. This is Loud and Queer. Queer. Welcome to Loud and Queer, the voice of queer youth and music on Sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I am bisexual, and I'm coming to you on Boonarong land, and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. And hi, my name's Laura, oh, Bailey, I don't really care which one this week. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, I'm queer and bi, and I'm coming to you from Wamba Wamba and Parepa Parepa land, and I would also like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and we'd both like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, past, present, and future, on which we're recording, and on which the uh, Sin uh, station broadcasts from the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Um, if you want to check out the show after listening to us here, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud, that's at S-Y-N Loud, or Loud and Queer on Facebook. You can also check out any of our previous podcasts on any of your major podcast streaming services like Omi, Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Music. If you want to listen to the show live and all of our awesome music on the show, you can head to 90.7 FM on Sundays at 3pm. Um, or the SIN website, sin.org.au. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about just our regular news whip for the week. Then, just to get into the spirit of when, at the time this is recorded for Halloween, we're going to be talking about some fun Halloween topics. And um, then, of course, our regular froth or not. But um, we're going to go into our news whip for the week. Um, just a quick content warning, some of the topics we... Some of the news stories we talk about on the show today um, have mentions of police brutality and forced surgery. Um, so if you're not comfortable with any of those, recommend just either skipping ahead a little bit or waiting, like come, going away for a bit and then come back. Yeah, probably pop back in in five minutes. Uh, no harm if you don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. So in gay news this week, a petition asking the federal government to cover gender-affirming surgeries under the Medicare Benefits Scheme closed on Thursday after garnering 148,182 signatures. The petition read, transgender people and other people in need of gender-affirming surgery must pay a lot of money, up to $30,000, so they can finally have their outward appearance match how they truly feel on the inside. It also said, we therefore ask the House to make gender-affirming and gender-reassignment services eligible for Medicare benefits, as these services are essential for the mental health and well-being of select people in the LGBTQ plus community. Queer film lovers in Melbourne will finally be able to return to the cinemas when the 31st Melbourne Queer Film Festival, Australia's largest celebration of queer film, welcomes festival goers back to the screen from Thursday, November 18th to Monday, November 29th. The Melbourne Queer Film Festival, for, oh, the Melbourne Queer Film Festival program is live now, showing 145 features, documentaries, and shorts that tell stories of that tell the stories of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, and queer communities. Film lovers in regional Victoria and across Australia will be able to join the festival atmosphere with with over 40 titles being made available online through Melbourne Queer Film Festival Plus. For more info, go to www at mqff.com.au. Global News Canada reports, human rights advocates are sounding the alarm over new legislation proposed by the government of Quebec, which they say would set the province back on trans rights. Proposed Thursday by Justice Minister Simon Jolin Barret, Bill 2 sets to amend the civil code and only allow transgender people who undergo gender-affirming surgery to to request an official sex change on their birth certificate. 
A doctoral student at the University of Toronto, Faculty of Law, Florence Ashley Perret, who studies how science is used in legal cases involving trans youth, said this would absolutely make Quebec the most regressive in Canada for trans rights. Perret said there is no other evidence or territory in the country that requires trans people to undergo surgery to access civil status change to their identity. Q News reports. A New South Wales police officer has been jailed for 30 months with a non-parole period of 18 months for assaulting Sydney woman Anya Bradford, a transgender person, and later lying about the details of her violent assault. Mark Follington earlier pleaded not guilty to the two charges of common assault, as well as one count of tampering with evidence with the intent to mislead the judicial tribunal, acting with the intent to pervert the court of justice and modifying restricted data. Earlier this year, a Sydney court found him guilty. In 2019, then-senior constable Mark Follington violently arrested Anya Bradford at a pub in Liverpool in Sydney's West. He and another officer were checking IDs of patrons in the venue's gaming room when Bradford was there at the time. Follington told the court he was suspicious of Bradford's attitude because she didn't make eye contact and smile with him. Bradford declined to show her ID to Follington, telling the officer to F off and trying to leave. Follington then slammed her against an ATM. Later in the day, Follington made false claims in a police report that Bradford had assaulted him, the court found. However, CCT footage contradicted the officer's story. The officers pursued Bradford into another building and continued to attack her. During the violent arrest, another officer, Constable Mark Brown, used pepper spray and a taser on Bradford. Miss Bradford said the victim... Miss Bradford said in a victim impact statement she still experiences flashbacks to the incident and no longer trusts police. And in other news, it's Asexual Awareness Week this week, so we just wanted to say a quick shout-out to all ace people, people on the ace spectrum, grey sexual people, um, aromantic people, all of you, you're awesome. And, um, yeah, I also wanted to shout-out a couple other sort of days this week that we didn't get to mention um, just because of uh, breaks between seasons, things like that, but October 8th was International Lesbian Day, so woo! Shout out to lesbians. We love you. Um, And then October 11 was National Coming Out Day, which, um, you know, I've talked about my feelings about coming out a million times on this show, but (laughs) it's still still good to celebrate. So, um, yeah, celebrating all those people that – and I think having days like that um, actually makes the silliness of it feel less silly to me. I think so too, Um, yeah. Yeah, because I'd prefer if we didn't have to come out, but if there's a day for it, then you can just be like, oh, incidentally. Exactly. It gives an excuse. Yeah. Um, And then last week we talked about International Pronoun Day. That was October 20. And again, uh, all your pronouns are valid and all the queer people are very cool. So just sending love out there. Um, And yeah, just on those last couple of stories, obviously very transphobic. you know systems of power so if that did concern any uh any of our listeners please call lifeline at one three double one one four q life at one eight hundred one eight four five two seven or kids helpline at one eight hundred double five one eight hundred it's halloween today and we thought we would sort of celebrate um yeah, just, just you know, playing a couple queer creepy songs and talking about, um, you know, queer films and um, sort of Halloween or horror-related, uh, I guess, queer pop culture. So, Liz, 
What would you define as queer pop culture that's Halloween related to start with? Does it have to be explicitly queer for you, considering your, um, you know, your desire for more context with queer uh, media or how do you sort of categorize it? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, like I've, I've always really like, I've loved Halloween. Like my family have never been huge celebrating on it because like, I had, I had the kind of parents that were very overprotective and didn't really like the idea of like going out trick-or-treating for like a long time. Like mm. only when I was a bit older was I able to. And even then, like that was kind of be the transition period where you kind of phase out of doing it. Yeah. Um, but like, I've always loved Halloween. And I think it's always been like one of those great holidays where as it is, like you, you can dress up and be anything you want that day with, with exceptions, like, keep that in mind like let's not let's not cultural appropriate everybody um mm-hmm. but it's just one of those days where it's you, you can kind of express yourself however you want I think is the best way of putting it and like as we kind of talked a bit about before like talking a bit like again I still need to do more research on it but the whole like concept of like queer people being viewed as monsters and everything like I know some like I'm fully aware people sometimes can find comfort in that and like Mm. embrace it's one of those days where you can really embrace that Mm. a lot of queer people I've also heard talk about body horror being uh gender affirming like especially trans people because Mm. they can relate so well to like seeing their body is horrific um obviously not every trans person has that level of dysphoria but there are some who are like oh my gosh this is really not my body like I you know and they have that sort of um that like anxiety and tension that uh you feel in body horror you know shots in films that kind of resonates with them and I think that's interesting too yeah I think so it's always yeah it's great Mm. it's always been like a really fun holiday I think for a lot of the queer community as well like Mm. I mean you look at half of the media that got made that's sort of based around like horror or like Halloween in general and we got a lot there's a lot there (laughs) Yeah, um, and I think, like, you've hit the nail on the head with the um, people like to dress up and change themselves. And, um, one, it can be a fun way to do drag. Two, it can be a fun way to experiment with your look without people judging. Um, I think that was one thing for me was that I could dress up in all my, like, goth and emo clothes when I was a teen when my friends and I would go trick-or-treating. And, like, normally people would give me weird looks, but I could just feel so, like, in my element on Halloween. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the other thing for me is, like, I also sought out a lot of films that were kind of horror-based and a lot of them ended up being queer-coded, like a lot of my favourite ones, which I was technically out then, but I wasn't, like, around the discourse of queer-coding, I guess. Like, I didn't really understand um what it meant like I'd watched Jennifer's body and a lot of queer people I know say like that really felt like by representation to them and then um what's her name Megan Fox came out as bi um (laughs) and the way she literally like cannibalizes like the men she sleeps with um great stuff (laughs) yeah and the same was true for me with like the craft that movie as well the 90s yeah about Wicca um I was really into Wicca also gay I guess not knowing I was non-binary then so it kind of (laughs) made me feel like I don't know that sort of sapphic 
thing of like, oh, you have your coven of witches and you're all like, you trust each other above everybody else and you're like really connected. Like you can read each other's mind and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. It just feels very queer even though it never gets that queer. So for me, that <laughs> subtext was like enough at the time. Oh, definitely. Like for most people that I've talked to within the queer community and everything, most a lot of them will find like the craft and Jennifer's body, especially like real comfort movies in that regard. Mm. Like, like because they just like just as you said and everything. Like the like a lot of the queer coding elements and everything at the time were just like nice to see. Like, yeah, like what like with all the harping on and everything, especially from like last episode, definitely where like I was complete going to complete <laughs> against queer coding and everything. Like, it's. Queer coding is not a terrible thing. It's just like we would prefer more explicit representation. But at the time when it was still more polarizing, queer coding was fine. Mm. Like people, people still got their comfort from it and everything. And like, there's still plenty of media today that may not be explicitly like romantic or anything. That plenty of characters that don't explicitly state their their sexualities, whether straight, gay, bi, or anything. Mm. And people still give them queer coding. And, like, that's that's fine. People find comfort in characters and they can find it any way that they want. And Halloween movies especially are a great way that people find a lot of comfort. Mm. And I think they're really, like, creepy movies, horror movies, um, thrillers. Like, those movies are the ones that I think rate the highest with bi and trans people the most. Yeah, so not only do we see ourselves in the aesthetics of it, you know, the gothicness or the um, overdramatization, but we also see each other. We see ourselves in um, the the kind of narrative of it, in that they're sort of trapped in this world that they are struggling with, and um, a lot of trans people, obviously, are you know um, struggling with how they're perceived while a lot of bi people are struggling with not being perceived at all and that can yeah. really play into horror motives I think as well oh definitely it's like it's one of those great it's it's like it's frustrating because again like obviously like we always want more queer representation in media and everything but mm. like Halloween is like hallow- horror thing movies especially like they have that way of giving that easy out into showing them and everything because mm-hmm. So did you, I want to like out you now, did you have any like queer coded characters you related to when you were younger in like any Halloween (laughs) related films? Oh no, that's hard to say. I didn't really watch a lot of horror when I was younger. I think like the most horror Mm. related show I ever really got into watching when I was younger was like The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Oh, I haven't seen that one. What's that about? Um, it's this Cartoon Network show. It was all about um, these two kids, Billy, who's kind of this, you know, absolute gross idiot, and Mandy, who's basically, she dresses like, like in a pink floral dress and everything, but she never mm-hmm. smiles, perpetually angry, and just like, she looks like, you know, like the, you know the stereotype of how like people expect emo kids to act, that sort of stereotype? Yeah. Picture that on her. It's... And what ended up happening is that they're both little kids and they both accidentally summon the Grim Reaper. And Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, and they're both it, he's kind of just bound to them and it's mm. it's got lots of like fun horror, body horror and everything. That was kind of like my first real big exposure to it and I loved it. 
Mm. until at one point my sister was watching with me and she got scared and then my mum banned the show. (laughs) That's so annoying. I never really had that because I'm the youngest in my family, but I imagine it sucks. (laughs) It did. Let me tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's oppression. You should tell your mum. Biphobic. (laughs) (laughs) No, so... Uh, did you watch any Tim Burton or anything sort oh, of like? True. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Did I... you uh, did you relate to any of his characters? Well, let's be honest. Who else? Who doesn't relate to Corpse Bride? Who doesn't relate mm. to it? God, I love Corpse Bride. I bisexual envy right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my god. I lo- mm. like. I never. There was a long time because again, like it kind of fit into that whole creepy element that my parents didn't really want me seeing and everything. Like. They absolutely mm. refused to let me see Coraline for the longest time. And honestly, when I mm. finally did see Coraline, I can definitely understand what they meant. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't even really like Coraline because she's quite hard for me to relate to. No, I agree. I think it also is also just a matter of personal taste. But, like, when I mm. finally did, like, get around to seeing Corpse Bride the night bef- night- and the Nightmare Before Christmas, it was just like, oh. There's a reason why they're considered great. There is a reason why they are considered great. I really related to Jack Skellington, I think. Like, just the level of melodrama. His melodrama really spoke to me when I was younger because I was the most dramatic kid. Um, But I can also relate more to uh, Victor in The Corpse Bride (laughs) just because he's, like, stuttery and shy. And I was also like that as a kid. So I think, like, I did relate to him, but I didn't want to admit it because he wasn't that cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, the other one, the other uh, sort of kids movie that I think I really related to, and I think it also has a lot of that clear coding in it and everything, um, Paranorman. Oh, yeah, I barely remember that. What's it about again? Um, this kid who can talk to ghosts and then, like, like the zombie apocalypse happens and Mm. he's the only person that can, like, save everyone. Oh, cool. Like, like I think, like, and I I like it because it's got this whole, um, well, it's it's got that whole, like, you know, that classic talk about, like, you know, how I'm different too and I understand what you're going through and let me try and be there for you. Like, Mm. obviously, again, it is very much just clear coding, but at the same time, like, you find a lot of comfort in that. Mm. Plus it also has like the classic last minute inclusion of gay rep that at the time was just really funny. Yeah, I think um, in some cases subtext in like queer coding and subtext in like kids shows and kids movies can actually be really helpful because I don't think kids are looking for labels yet. Like obviously there's, mm. you know, like they should be familiar with those labels so that they know that they exist. But um a part of that I think is also just like that like, you know, young kids get crushes and stuff. They might have a crush on um, you know, a friend of the same sex or whatever. Or they might want to like dress a certain way that they're not really like given permission to. And I think that if they see that like emotion represented in a kid's movie they'll like relate a lot more than to just like the words that they don't really understand yet yeah no absolutely I agree there like um like I will always like try and advocate for the fact of like give us explicit queer rep everywhere and everything but like Mm -hmm. when like I'm never going to be objecting when it is like the more like queer coded subtle rep that can just like be that source of comfort for people and everything because well 
like being like let's be frank like most queer rep that we do or even just queer code of rep that we love is that more subtle element and it still holds a special place in all our hearts for a reason so Mm. like I'm never gonna be objecting to it yeah I think it's more of a for me it's more of a like as long as it's explicit that like it's portrayed in an undeniable way I don't need the specific words every single time no exactly yeah um we're just gonna quickly jump back into like the topic of Halloween just like stay a little away from media now and just kind of going into our own like personal experiences with the holiday because I don't know about you Bailey but I love Halloween yeah it's really fun and I haven't actually celebrated properly for a couple years so um yeah it's kind of nice to be getting in the season with this show a little bit are you um doing anything special this year uh, regrettably not. I am going to be working that night, but I am mm. stubborn. And it's funny because obviously last last year we couldn't really go out and do anything because lockdown is lockdown. But the year before that, when I went in, like I had recently just like dyed my hair magenta and I was still going in for a closing shift at work. So like I wore colored contacts under my glasses mm. and it was just fun. Like it was just a fun <laughs> way to like express like that little bit of fun Halloween joy like mm. what color did though, like, you go had... for pardon what color did you go for um I had these bright orange ones at the time they were the only ones I had but I've got a much wider variety now than what I've gotten into cosplay so mm. catch me wearing red to uh Sunday night for that Halloween fun <laughs> very cool when I was into cosplay a few years ago I um got I had the red ones with the black like um Ooh. detail like seeping in they're really like demonic oh I love that mm. oh I love that mm-hmm. I, yeah I I'd, I'd want to go dress up more but since I do cl- closing shift which is just a lot of cleaning it's always like best to keep wear the standard stuff so one doesn't mm-hmm. get ruined and two I can actually move around pretty easily <laughs> yeah for sure Oh, but what can you do there but otherwise <laughs> like Halloween's always been fun like I love going to Halloween parties when they get like when people throw them and stuff like even if it is just like you wear something nice and throw a lot of like Halloween makeup on like Mm. that's still always fun like that fun way of just kind of like getting to go a little bit more than you normally would if that makes sense that's right I tried going as Frankenfurter like a sort of toned down Frankenfurter for Halloween um there was like a queer Halloween night at one of the bars but like I'm glad I didn't go too hard with it because everyone just turned up for a normal night of clubbing and not in Halloween costumes. So I was like, (laughs) it could have been really awkward. Um, But also I feel like queers wouldn't even have like cared at all. They would have been like, yeah, cool. (laughs) You're dramatic. That is amazing. Mm. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then every other time I've gone to some kind of like demonic fairy or um, like a witch or um That's just something something see. very creepy and tim burton-esque <laughs> no a hundred percent i um i remember like my first real experience with halloween because like like i said a bit earlier then like my family were really like kind of against doing a lot of like trick-or-treating and stuff like that but mm. i remember at one point i was probably like would have been like seven or so like i was living in the gold coast for like a year or so mm-hmm. and if you didn't know movie world like the theme park up there they, I don't know if they still do it, but at the time they had like one of those like Halloween spectacular sort of things, kind of like Universal Ooh. does, only 
instead of doing like haunted houses and everything, like all the rides were open, but at every like ride and everything would be a stall where you could like do like some trick or treating, just get like some chocolates and stuff. So I remember that my parents wore three witch costumes, one red, one purple, and one orange. Because <laughs> I have three sisters and one of them was just too young and everything. But each of us were dressed up in these like really like you know, like your store bought witch costume and everything. Yeah. And just like able to walk around and everything, just like getting mm-hmm. food and stuff like that, which was a lot of fun. Like that was probably like my first real big experience with Halloween and then after that it like just like slowly went on from there but I remember first time actually going trick-or-treating at my like in my neighborhood was like exhilarating yeah I remember it being really fun and there are some great um pictures of my siblings and I in Halloween costumes I think even then my mum put a witch's hat on me and that was my costume but like my brother was in the white sheet for a ghost and then another one was like wearing a screen mask and um I can't remember what my sister was. I think she was a fairy or an angel or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was very good. Have you ever carved pumpkins? No, I really want to. Mm. Like, I've always seen people do it. I'm just sitting here being like, oh, my God, I want to carve a pumpkin. Like, I'm doing it. I'm carving pumpkins. And we've been watching, like, older horror movies, like The Thing. And um, what's the other one? It's the, like... Robert Eggers, the witch. Oh, right, the right, right, right. really creepy body yeah, that horror, one. like oh yeah, that possession. Ooh. Yeah, and we oh we did the lighthouse. That's not old, but you know neither of those old. But um, yeah, very like Lovecraftian kind of creepy. This is one of the reasons why I love Death of the Author and pu- the fact that it's all public domain. Because mm. uh, fun fact. H.P. Lovecraft was a terrible, terrible person. But, oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, but, like, it's always, mm. like, all the little aspects of horror are just so fascinating. Like, I love, like, I can't do too much horror because, like, I just get too nervous. Like, I cannot stand, like, build-up anticipation. Like, I just get too antsy. But mm. It, mm. it's oh, very yeah, intense. But it's still, like, it's such a fun element and, like, it's always just so much fun to see like all the amount of work that comes out of it and just like the way people will just make the way people just have so much fun with different aspects of horror especially during Halloween is always just so much fun yeah I'm one of those people that will often um like watch recaps or like read the recaps Mm. of the movies so I can like get the idea of like what happens in the movie like I'd rather have a movie spoiled to me that like a horror movie spoiled to me because that means I can anticipate when like the horror is going to come up and like mm. jump scares or like the anticipation and everything and knowing what to expect. So then I can enjoy just a lot more after that. Definitely. That's fair enough. I think um, some people really enjoy that too. Like um, I know some people really like having spoilers because they actually find the movie more satisfying when they're not worried about what's coming next. That- that I can that I can see like I can I can agree to that. Um, I was gonna ask, are there any sort of adaptations that you want to see? Or are there any films like horror movies or queer movies that have been on your bucket list for a while that you haven't watched yet? Ironically enough, despite being like a huge media student and everything, there were a lot of like great classic movies, horror or like regular ones otherwise that 
took me I have either taken me forever to see or I just have not seen yet like Mm. like I haven't seen Jaws yet I don't know how I haven't but I haven't seen Jaws yet I haven't seen any of like the original like classic horror movies like I've never seen Friday the 13th or Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street I've never seen um Nightmare on Elm Street's very queer coded (laughs) Yes. And then it actually gets queer in the second one, apparently. I'll have to keep that in mind. Mm. It's 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 always this thing where I'm just kind of like I I wanna get into them, but at the same time I'm also like, again, like body horror and gore, like it's always like mm. Yeah, maybe you, maybe it's more the psychological horrors for you that you'd probably be I think that probably I could say that. Like there's mm. always a lot of mm. <laughs> Yeah, I really want to see one that I've never seen that I've had on my list is Frankenstein. Yes. Um, cuz I absolutely adore the book, so would be very keen to see that. Same with Dracula. I don't know if people consider it horror, but I guess it is like A Clockwork Orange. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I loved the book and I would love to see the movie that everyone keeps warning me that you have to like really be ready no, for I can, it. Yeah, no, yeah. I can understand that. We're going to jump into our froth or not for the week now. So, um, Bailey, what is your froth? So I saw this like this um, TikTok. Someone had <laughs> like carved a pumpkin with their little five-year-old, and the kid was wearing like overalls and like a knitted sweater, and it was all very like Halloweeny. And he he the kid Aww. saw his parents like put the pumpkins on their heads and pretend to be like pumpkin heads and so they did it too like little kids and then like wore it for two days straight and so there's this like adorable creepy child walking around like in this video um you know just like digging in the sand pit or like patting the dog or whatever um with a pumpkin head (laughs) i admire that dedication like so spooky and so cute and I just love it I want that kid that is that's my adopted child now thank you (laughs) oh I love that that's so cute and I buy the dedication because like pumpkin smell like that would be a like yeah oh and the other thing is my haircut I feel very queer again now that I've had like a really good short haircut so Yes, it looks nice. Thanks. It's just goodbye fluffiness. Like my bed hair, but yeah, no more fluff. So always good. <laughs> How about you? What's your uh, froth this week? Well, like as like some people might be aware and everything, but Melbourne has finally come out of its what is it like six lockdown and longest one yet. Like, God, it feels mm-hmm. good. Like back at, going back to work now, so making money, which is a nice thing. Slight, slight not there being the fact that I always do closing shifts at work. So welcome back those late nights, but that I'm used to. So not to mm. nothing, nothing I'm not equipped to handle. But it is good to be finally able to go back outside and like, you know, experience the sun. Yeah, no, very happy for you all. I always try not talking about it because I feel like it sounds very Karen-y and everything, but like, I also really want to go get a haircut and like, 
<laughs> that's not that Karen-y. I feel like that's... If you were, like, banging on the door to be first in line, that would be one thing. But I think you just start... Everyone deserves their, their haircut. <laughs> anyway, I'm really glad you, you were going to get a haircut. Um, good luck finding somebody before, like, 2022. Yeah, <laughs> true that. God, I need to make a long booking in advance, but... You know what? Cross that bridge when I get to it. Today you guys just listened to, um, like, we had our regular news whip. We had a great little chat about just Halloween, both media and Halloween in our own lives. And, um, of course, as you guys just heard, our froth or not. Um, If you are invested in anything that we talked about today and you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud. That's at S-Y-N Loud, all loud and clear on Facebook. And you can also check out our podcast you can also check out this podcast and any of our previous podcasts um, on any of your major podcast streaming services like Omi, Spotify, Stitcher, um, or Apple Music. Yeah, and if you want to listen to the music we've played on the show today or any other day, head to the Spotify Loud and Queer Mixtape 2021 playlist. Uh, we also have a synth special playlist on there as well. And yeah, we will see you next Sunday at 3. Um, I hope you've had a great Halloween and a spooky one too. 